Blog Talk Radio. Amen. Amen. What's his name? 
I guess it's a nurse Norris from uh, uh, Breathe Easy Association. It, uh, one of the ministry have called the Asthma Chasers, where he talks about juvenile asthma awareness. And he uh, uh, and it's very important as we go back to school this year uh, to let our young uh, people and parents know that there is a, a release and a release and um, and confident having asthma. And there is a way that you can manage that throughout the year. So.
And uh, with these support systems that are in place, we make sure that we communicate that with whoever the school nurse is, if it's a prescription that's needed. And we've talked about EpiPens before. If they need support, supportive help with EpiPens, we get help and we get them the medication they need. When we were at Garland on Saturday, we actually had AstraZeneca, and they were on site. They were giving away spacers and medical equipment and also uh, financial assistance, coupons with the different types of medication. AstraZeneca, they're the people that make the medicine. Oh, you know, that's something that we never think about, Wes. We're getting ready for back-to-school activities and in various places are giving our school supplies. This is an essential, an essential part of what uh, young people need that's asthmatic, it's, you know, to put in their backpack. Yes, sir, I greatly agree. I agree. Um, what we did was we made sure that everybody had an asthma action plan. So that's an open line of communication with the physician and the school nurse. Um, and it also is a pre-screening for when we do our big screening with the pulmonary function test. So if a child needs a pulmonary function test, it hasn't been updated. And uh, asthma is one of the primary disparities. We don't want it to turn into medical neglect. So before it turns into that, we make sure we get them screened and we have a doctor that they communicate with, and that is Dr. McDonald. Okay, okay, that sounds great. Now, uh, what events you have coming up here, just uh, so our listening audience can be aware of, of some things that they can maybe uh, drawn to regarding a young person in their life? At the MLK Center, we have an event coming up. I believe it is um, two days. I believe it's August the 22nd and 24th. It's called Locks for Love. It's going to be at the Fair Park area. And also we have one at the... Uh, Concord Church, we're going to be doing a uh, pre-screening to make sure that a lot of the children have, have asthma action plans and also supportive medical equipment, and you'll be able to communicate with a respiratory therapist, uh, a registered nurse, and also a physician. Oh, that's great. You know, I, as a, you know, me and you, we didn't talk several times regarding this uh, asthmatic treatments and prevention. I never thought about it this time of year when kids go back to school. They're very active all summer. Then they go to school, they start developing headaches and migraine, and they're a little sluggish, and we're thinking that they just don't want to go to school, but it could be a underlying medical problem on that. Would you be able to address something like that? You know, when I talked to you before and you said, Norris, make sure you highlight that, I was I was really uh, excited because a lot of people don't take the preventive approach. And a lot of times within our community, we use certain catchphrases like, my child has bronchitis, my child has a touch of asthma, because we haven't updated their current prescription. And also, we don't, we don't see the gravity of it because generally each school system or ISD has a fatality within 12 to 24 months from asthma. And asthma is the reason why children miss school the most. Each one of those seats in that building are worth $22 a day to the ISD. And the reason why a lot of them miss it is because poor management of asthma. And asthma is so environmentally uh, affected. They go from environment to environment. They, they get introduced to new allergens and new triggers. So we make sure that they have an updated uh, asthma action plan and that their medication is up to date. And a lot of people just like to use the nebulizer, but they aren't mobile, so we have to make sure they have the MDI, which is the inhaler, the meter dose inhaler. What 
can a parent do to be more aware of their kids uh, maybe suffering with asthma? Because sometimes we, we get caught up in the here and now and being so busy, and we're kind of missing those trigger points a little Johnny, a little Mary may be displaying. Um, whenever a child has asthma and you, you uh, monitor to see the severity of it, you want to see on what scale does the child have um, asthma exacerbations? Has they ever had to have an ET tube? Have they ever been intubated? When they have their asthma attack, do they have something called nocturnal coughing? And uh, the nocturnal coughing is a key indicator of the severity of the asthma. Are they exchanging the cortical steroids uh, with the rescue inhaler? And a lot of times we do that teaching uh, with the asthma clinic to kind of let them know a rescue inhaler is different from an inhaler that requires a cortical steroid and further management with cortical steroids because often they like to use a nebulizer, which is the machine. And that's a quick fix for, you know, an emergency situation, but it's not mobile in gym and it's really not um, apt at the school. They make them bring the inhaler. And if they have an inhaler, is it effective? Is it up to date? And do they have a spacer, the appropriate medical equipment to use the inhaler? Uh, when asthma being uh, more controlled these days, is it uh, any limitation regarding at, uh, being um, performing in the athletic events or in the band? Or uh, is that uh, definitely a no-no for kids? I know it's depending on the level, but could you address that? Because we had a text message from Mary. Want to know is is her kid able to participate in sports activities? There is a process. Uh, a lot of times when a child has asthma and they use a certain type of MDI. Uh, they recommend 15 minutes before the event that they use uh, the meter dose inhaler. And it just depends if it's albuterol, if it's pro-air, or if it's a, combi- a combination of a cortical steroid with the rest of the inhaler, or if it's Advir, which is just a cortical steroid, um, 15 minutes before. And while they're uh, stretching before they work out for an event or if they have a scheduled event, it's more effective and also make sure that they rinse their mouth um, after they use the cortical steroids like the Advir because a lot of times it will take out the child's teeth. Oh. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people that. don't know. Some of, the, yeah, some of those steroids take out children's teeth. We, we had two or three mothers, and that's what they came and told us, that their children had lost a lot of their teeth, their front teeth because of it. But a lot of times um, what people don't ask is, the facilities that they're taking this child to, if it's, say if it's a daycare center, do the daycare workers know how to administer that medicine? Because a lot of them don't. So we teach asthma clinics at daycare centers too because you want to believe that they know what to do. But they don't, so they have to be taught. Or not, they call 911 just like everybody else. Okay. I got a, a text here from John. He said that his, uh, his kids seem to uh, express slugginess and asthmatic conditions when they go to school. Is there anything that he could do pertaining to their classrooms or looking at his schedule that he could do as a parent to kind of be more aware of the classroom structure? Uh, whenever you talk about your child uh, and you want you want to make sure that their asthma is managed at school, the most important thing is the asthma action plan because that's just not a plan that we write out when to use the inhaler. What that says is whatever your doctor writes is supposed to be communicated to the school nurse. The school nurse should have the same medical records that you have. 
because the children are there greater than eight hours a day. If they're there greater than eight hours a day, they should have that prescription at that school or something that says that it will be brought to that school. And when they do have that, the doctor is supposed to uh, communicate with them any changes 24 hours to 48 hours after every visit because the school nurse is a great resource because she's the person you see and you depend on when you drop your child off in that building. So we always make sure that there's updated asthma action plan. But don't forget at home that you can give them the, the OTCs, which are the over-the-counter medications. You can do the Zyrtec. You can do the um, Singular, which is the Loridazine. They have some OTCs that are a bit cheaper, but they're effective if they're, they're exchanged and they're also uh, scheduled. Because if you know your child has allergies, and that's what causes the asthma attack, you can have a plan of action. Well, sometimes a parent to get the um, injections for the allergy shot after they do something called a patch test or immunocap test. And what that does is that identifies the allergens. Is that a time-consuming test, or what? Or what's the duration of a test like that? Sometimes people always think about time, just for you know, just for listening audience to know. Okay, the the um, the patch test is the test where they put the little pricklies on the back of the child's like 50 common allergies. The immunocap it just takes a drop of blood, and that lets them know their top 10 allergens of the child. And it's really important because you kind of want to know what causes the asthma attack. You just don't want to believe that you know. Oh, that is so true. We have another text message here um, that says it's from MG. Wants to know, is there a, uh asthma alert bracelet or something that they give out to the kids? Because they've never seen that, and they want people to know if their kids have asthma and, and that someone, you know, the school nurse or the school teacher could be aware that maybe little Johnny, little Mary suffer from that. Um, the reason the reason why they can't have a I just a general bracelet is because that's considered a five oh four compliance. Oh wait, oh wait, um, wait go back over that again. Say that again now. Uh, it's called it's called five oh four uh compliance. Um when President Bush was in office he 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 made a bill called No Child Left Behind. That's the same thing for kids with asthma. That you you have to uh, make sure that they have supportive measures and that they're not being discriminated against because it's like it's like a uh, pathological need. So it's a structured disease need. Like the kid in the wheelchair is the same thing because it's internal and it has to be treated with medication and, and different ther- therapy treatments. That's why they have a pulmonologist that doctor special for the lungs. You know, they have an allergen and he's specific, you know, for allergy. So that's that's under the five and four compliance. That's illegal if they don't let them um carry it in their backpack or communicate that directly with their parents openly. That's why uh, when they had a case in one of the cities that we went in and a child let another child use their inhaler, it was still protected under that law. But are you saying that you can't wear a bracelet or emblem out like that? So, oh, you, oh, you can, you, you you can, but they have to have certain notifiers um, with within their um, the school history, and it's listed. That's why it's called 504 compliance. They have to comply okay. with whatever disease it is. 
Okay, that's good to know that. That's good to know that because we want to thank. We have some great courses be, uh, being presented, and we want to thank you for being able to answer these courses and give our listening audience a sense of comfort. That calling number to this particular pro, program where you can talk to Nurse Norris, that number would be is three one zero nine eight two forty one twenty six. You will listen to Nurse Norris. He's giving us some insights on his program, positive breathing, and some of the locations that he have coming up. They have an event at the State Fair on August the 22nd and and also at Concord Church. And so forth. Oh, the tw- and the 24th, two days, man. Okay. But I'm now, just when they the come workers. over there. I'm just one of the workers. I'm one of the workers. It's actually a positive breeding organization. Shamara Norris, my wife, she's the yeah. one who started the program. I just work for my wife. <laughs> but you're <laughs> the central part of the program. <laughs> you know, you're that spokesperson for so for me. But I tell you what, when they come over to the event on the 22nd and uh, in August, or was the state fair? Uh, what what would they need to bring? Um, we are, <coughs> we always find out if they uh, if they have access to the medicine, if they can afford the medicine. If they can't do either. We make sure that they know the color, so we can help them set up the needs. And the ACT test. It doesn't require um, anything but the parent and the child because they have to be consented and we try to go follow because they're, they're speaking to a physician and a respiratory therapist. Um, we make sure that that's communicated directly with them. So if their supportive needs, or say their medical equipment is destroyed because so many people have it but it doesn't work anymore. We let them know they're supposed to have that replaced every 24 months because people have a nebulizer and they have the best intentions. But they end up calling 911 at 2 o'clock in the morning because their equipment doesn't work or their medications are outdated. Uh, okay. Now, uh, will you uh, share with, our, with me and the listening audience some of the things that could uh, trigger off asthma in the home environment? Because sometimes we take those things for granted. We think it, it just affects us outside. And we, once we come in and close our doors, we feel like, hey, we should be safe from that dreadful disease. What are some of the things that we need to be aware of in our own homes, the things that we use on a daily basis for little Johnny and little Mary to be safe? If they go to our website, that's positivebreathing.org, again, that's positivebreathing.org, what, what it lets them know is indoor and outdoor air quality. So indoor and outdoor air quality is a primary because um, sometimes on the ozone days they need preparation because just the air quality is a bit more dense, and that's when a lot of the kids have the asthma. So they have a flag, it's the orange flag, the yellow flag, and they have a different green flag. And the school nurses are supposed to either put it on the website of the ISD, or they're supposed to have the flag up at their school. That, that's one of the key primaries. But a lot of the, the uh, triggers are cockroaches, different types of dander, whether it be animal dander or uh, human dander, cat dander. Primarily, it's... Um, the roast droppings, the animal dander, um, and also different species, different types of animals. Uh, a lot of times the mold will, will trigger it, and different dust mites will trigger it. Different environments, and uh, sometimes emotional exacerbation. Hmm. I never thought about the emotionally aspect of asthma. And you know what? And I, I will, kids and, uh, and young adults love the animals, the little pets, and we need to be aware that sometimes the pet isn't. Uh, good for them for, in, in the environment that they're in. I never thought about that. 
Nurse Norris, this has been a great interview. We realize that you have a lot going on because of the nature of it. Again, tell us some of the upcoming events and give us some contact information. If you ever go to our Facebook page, it's positivebreathing.org. Um, if, if you can't remember that, go to Asthma Chasers, and that's asthmachasers.com. Uh, on asthmachasers.com, it, it forwards you to the website, Positive Breathing. If you feel like your medical equipment is damaged, it's broken. If you know your child has asthma, and a lot of times people won't say it, but they have a CPS case because of medical neglect. They might have missed two or three appointments. Sometimes they feel like if they're using the ER a bit much. As long as you can tell, show your CPS case worker that you are giving your child some type of assistance, that it's not negligence on your part. Sometimes it's a child. Sometimes it's money or food. Go to the website and we'll make sure that you have resources. We also started connecting with groups uh, like Concord Church, Watermark. And Watermark, they'll make sure that, that they get your prescription still for free. So those are key things. And it's an emergency medication, so a lot of times you have to treat it with it. Oh, that, that is good to know because now it let us, it let our listening audience know that hey, you don't have to be overly concerned about the price wise because there are places that are able to feel like they're prescription free, but you have to know where to go and who to contact. We have our co-host online. He may want to ask you a question regarding what we discussed. Morning, brother Dan. You're on the on the line here with Nurse Norris with Positive Breathing. How are you doing today? Doing great. Do you have a question? Uh, Nurse Norris, I got I got a question to ask. Um, I got a grandbaby. So she was doing all right. She was having a asthma flare up in the nineties. Then all of a sudden they moved to another part of uh, Dallas or another part of this area down there by Louisville. And all of a sudden she started having these big old like the big needle they gave her, a Durham or something, upper Durham or something. So what what basically the call? Nurse Nurse, did you get that question? No, I didn't. Brother Daniel, will you repeat that, please? Make it as short as possible, because in an area where it's hard to hear. Okay, uh, uh, I'm talking about my granddaddy, how she was, uh, uh, every now and then she was having a flare-up, you know, and every, you know, she had a little, you know, breathing deal with her. And all of a sudden, she moved into another part of the area up there by Louisville. And then uh, she started having this uh, uh, epidurum or something, a big needle kit they gave her. What, what caused that? There's an there? Yes. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Okay. Um, he said that uh, his granddaughter moved from one part of town to another, her asthma seemed to have really been uh, excavated. So, uh, you know, we talked about that earlier regarding zip code. Please share that with us some more. About the various zip codes affecting asthmatics. I think we lost Nurse Norris. No, no, no. I'm, I'm here. I'm so sorry. Um, a lot of times when they move to different environments, um, They'll have an exacerbation. Remember we talked about the test called the allergen test? Yes. Or the immunocap test? That that would allow you to know what her top 50 allergies are. Do you know what they are? No, I think something like she couldn't eat chocolate. She can't eat peanuts. She can't, uh, 
a lot of food stuff they told her they restricted us from eating. All right, whenever they do that, um, and they tell me that they have an EpiPen, um, when they give them that list, um, there's there's some subcategories that you can use, and we talked about the over-the-counter medications, but if she, mm-hmm. she has a severe allergy to peanuts, they do give her an EpiPen, um, and they teach you how to discharge the EpiPen. That's even on YouTube. If you need to watch it on YouTube, it's in the inner side when you administer the EpiPen injection. But... There are certain environments that, that she she can and can't can be around, and there's certain foods, but that's made aware to all the teachers, and there's, it's like an internal bracelet or band that's on, on the top of each one of her communication, and every, mm. every teacher has to sign off on that when she goes into class. How old is the child? She's 12. Yeah, when she's 12, uh, what they do is they have that list with the nurse, and the nurse has to communicate that with whoever the the teachers are. That's under the uh, no child left behind, under the 504 compliance. They have to make sure they do that at the beginning of the school year. Mm-hmm. She needs to have have an epipen with the peanut allergy because so many things are made from peanuts. Um, what they do also is they make sure that um, she has two epipens. And I know they're really expensive and they have a, 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 is it a 12 to 24 months expiration date. So a lot of people can't afford them. But we make sure mm-hmm. the Allergy Asthma Association, because we're part of the Allergy Asthma Association, they give coupons and they have a special EpiPen program. Wow. Okay, now I understand, sir, what you're talking about. Thanks for your answer. But make sure on you, on you make sure, um, like when you're out and about, that you have the OTC Benadryl. Or you have uh-huh. like um, the Zyrtec, or even the um, Singular over the counter, and and ask the doctor. You know how often can you rotate them on? Say if you get in an emergency situation, because I've seen the child just eat something that didn't look like it had a peanut in it, and usually only had three to three to twelve minutes before they have a severe allergic reaction. It's, it's frightening because they stop bleeding. And that's the most scary thing. You know, the, she usually has an allergenist that she works with, and she gets injections. Is that, is that something that you guys have been doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the allergenist, uh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, I've I never seen her, you know, have a, uh, had to you know, give it to us. Uh, Mom says it happened to her, they had to do it. And, you know, I, I really don't like seeing people take shots, man. Especially something it's kind of big, uh, a big syringe. With the bigger needle, man, it's kind of scary, man. Okay. But but um, but take the time and watch it on YouTube. God forbid that it happens. At least you will know how to get her help. And and before I was a nurse, I was a, I was a paramedic. So just remember, you know, it takes you twelve minutes to get there. And you know, if they don't mm-hmm. reach for six minutes, you know, it's life threatening. And, and even when you go out, just be mindful where the, where the uh, fire station is. If you ever have to drive us to the fire station, mm-hmm. because if you drive it in, they have somebody on site that can help. We should get that all the time. You get the fire station, yeah. people just run in the fire station with a car. So uh, make sure you know that for yourself. It's scary, I get it, but you're her hero. So go to YouTube and just watch it until you get over it or write it down. But make sure uh-huh. that she can be the person, you know, her go to person, as hard as it might be. You know, you're the man for the job. Okay. 
You know, All right. Well, thank you. For information, sir. Thank you very much, Ms. Nurse. Nurse, thank you, thank you, thank you once again. We realize these are busy times for everyone, but thank you for taking time out to share your gifts yes. and, and a positive breathing uh, a program with us. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, what you're doing and hearing more from you. And thank you for bringing that to our awareness and keeping that on the on the forefront regarding our young men and women because we want them to be successful but also healthy. Healthy and successful, it goes together. And thank you for doing your part to bring that about. If you, you and your to wife got doing a great please, job. Thank you. If they get the time, please have them go to the website that's positivebreathing.org. If they had any more sensitive questions, um, come to come to the, uh, the events that we list and they can always go to our Facebook. But if they need the medicine, a lot of people don't want to say they have a CPS case to kind of neglect. But if it's between medication and food, food always will. So if they need help, we'll find a way. Again, that event in August is what date and that location? Uh, it's called Locksville Love. It's at Fair Park. And then we have one at Concord Church. It's the 22nd. It's their back-to-school event. That's listed on All right. Concord website. Okay, that's great. Thank you very much. We'll be looking forward to hearing more from you and bring you back again as the season change. We like to bring this up uh, part of our uh, program and let people be aware of what's going on. Because Little Johnny's doing great in the summer and then the fall come up. We want to know what's going on. So thank you, thank you, thank you for what you're doing. So, so we'll talk to you later. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for your time. And again, that's positivebreathing.org. It's not asthmachasers.com. Y'all have a great day. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Oh, what a great interview that we had that with, with Nurse Norris. That Brother Daniel, thank you there for some positive comments regarding that, that portion of the, of the program. Man, you know what? Uh, they brought up some stuff that I wasn't aware of, even though I, I hear some things, but it's always good to be able to go back over those uh, those asthma-triggering uh, elements, man, to kind of make us be aware of it. And I was younger, man. I was I suffered from asthma. And then as I grew, uh, grew up and was able to go to the doctor, they said, wait a minute, you had a bad case of allergy. You know, you take some over-the-counter allergy medicine, and it'll, it'll straighten things out. Little did I know that he was right, man. I had to put my inhaler down, and now I can live a productive life. I did it when I had asthma, but now I'm more comfortable without leaving the house. I was, At one time, I couldn't leave the house without an inhaler. I couldn't go to sleep without knowing what my inhaler, what my inhaler was because I might have a, a, a reaction over the middle of the night, and that's a dreadful thing. Waking up and can't breathe, mm-hmm. that's a dreadful thing to be uh, yeah. doing exercise or physical activities and can't breathe. That's nothing to, you know, to, t- uh, to dismiss, man. Though I I have known people that you have too that even died of an asthmatic reaction. So that's some serious. And we want to thank Nurse Norris and his wife and their team for going out and bringing this uh, to our awareness and the different events that they are a part of. And like you say, you got something coming up in August the twenty second at the State Fair, a two days event, and also over at Concord Church and those places that are local here in Dallas, Texas. So. Well, I encourage our listening audience to make their way over to those events. Share that information. And, you know, we all talk about news you can use. That's news that you can use. Yeah. You, you know what I'm Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, I was real scared. I never thought about, you know, my, um, it ran, you know, my daddy, I think he had something like that, too, man. He uh, he worked in this, uh, this factory. Where it was a lot of dust and stuff, and you know, 
And he worked there for a long time. And I believe, you know, like you say, you work around something and then you get allergic to it. You really can't tell that you're allergic to it. Then you go home, you start sneezing, and then sometimes you start itching and stuff like that, too. And all that goes in the gold, man, absolutely. And then you, uh, you know, you go to doctors, you know, like a long time ago, they didn't have all these different computerized stuff. And now they can test test you for most of everything you, you suffer from. Now. And they can basically come to a conclusion of what's going on, you know. Thank God for technology. <laughs> yeah, that is so yeah. true. That is so true. And, and you man, know, one time I went to the doctor, man, and I saw this deal. That's uh, it's like a scanner, you know, and they can scan your whole body. And basically, instead of you know, I wasn't got used to looking at the X-rays, and then the scanner picture, man, it you basically it shows you a picture that reaching inside the body go up your bones. You can go up your bone structure and tell whether you got a, a fracture in it. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing oh, the stuff that they can do these amazing, days, you know, man. with technology. Yeah. And it's something that we yeah. have to be aware of, and we want to thank God for living in such an age that they can kind of diagnose things without actually cutting into you. It wasn't time they would have too. to do surgery. Now they can just scan mm-hmm. you and make sure that things are all right. So we want to thank yeah. God for living in a time and age of such a thing as, you know, as uh, being a stress-free, you know. Yeah. Hey, Brother Daniel, so uh, in a couple of weeks, man, we got our luncheon at Dallas Life Foundation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is our annual lunch, man. It's going to be good to us. We've done this a number of years, and we want to thank the uh, staff and the administrator down at Dallas Life to allow us to come down there week after, uh, year after year and week after week because I, I do mentoring down there on a weekly basis. I mentor several men down there through their men's program, which is a, a good recovery program, or, uh, a program to let men be restored to society with job training, or drug counseling, uh, or life preparation courses, which is telling you how to manage life, bank accounts, how to manage household, how to manage your schedule. Some people just don't know how to do that, man. They have, uh, they have too yeah. much time on their hands. Uh, they figure they don't have enough time. How do you get a balance out of that? Each, God give each one of us 24 hours a day. Some of us manage mm. that 24 hours better than others. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. we all have got to the point that we feel like we don't have enough time in the day to accomplish things. But what are you doing? How are you managing that time? That's when I look at mm. myself. I have a lot of stuff to do, but am I managing my time properly? Am I allowing time for myself? Um, you know, you can't go 24 hours, you know, you know just working and working and developing and, and helping people. You gotta have you gotta carve out some time for yourself. You know? So mm-hmm. how do you manage yeah. your time? And I, I think about that sometimes. And if I manage my time properly that I could be uh, useful in the kingdom and, and useful to my family and be at peace with myself. Cause let me tell you sometimes mm-hmm. we, we get frustrated not having enough time. You ever been frustrated yeah. about that? Yeah, man, a lot of times I get frustrated, man. I keep wondering why I keep, you know, trying to work out stuff, and then sometimes we get a roadblock, and then we get basically you have to just sit back and pray and let God take over. <laughs> I yeah. find that out too. You just got to just, just relax and let Him tell you what what He wants you to hear. 
know, that's what you want to be here. That yeah. is so good. That is so but that while I have you on the phone, I I wanna make mention to our listening audience and to you that you were at a uh, event a couple of weeks ago at a uh, revival over at the Breath of Life Ministry in South Dallas and you performed over there. You did a couple of musical selections because you're an uh, instrumentalist and so you done a couple of musical selections and my hat goes off to you for your gifting and your talent. And I was truly blessed and the men and women over there was blessed. So you're very gifted. Oh, thank you, thank you, brother Lewis. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, somebody told me a long time ago um, if I really was to focus myself, and like he's saying, uh, it's a lot of time I needed really to do in order to uh, uh, consolidate your talents in order to pull up what God puts you into, what He wants you to do. You know, I used to think that. Maybe it was me, but basically it's nothing but God doing it. But, you know, back in the day, whenever I, you know, I had to thought maybe I needed to drink a little bit or smoke a little weed or something like that, and it made, made me feel stuff. And and then I came to a point that I said, man, I don't really need this, man. And, you know, it's not going to really make me play no better, you know. And there's a lot of guys in in music. That's what they think, you know. And, I, and you look at the history of you know, people being musicians. You look at them. Basically, that's their downfall. What happened to them? They start off. They think they can handle it, and they wind up handling them. <laughs> you know, you think you can handle something, and then it wind up handling you. You know. I think those days. You remember those days? Uh, you showed me about these. Uh, these guys would die, these autopsies that this man was doing, these favorite celebrities. Oh, yeah, you know that was something about my dial. Yeah, time. I turned I around and I watched it. I watched a lot of it myself. Uh, it was on YouTube, and I watched it. I found out a lot of these uh, these uh, singers and musicians, man, they had, they, had, uh, they had problems, man. Addictions, not only drug addiction, they had food addictions. And you know, and, and, and that's something we have to be aware of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Addiction comes in all forms and facets, and, and so we just think people enjoy doing certain things, but sometimes they just addicted. Sometimes people just addicted to to the lifestyle, man. Whether shopping, take mm-hmm. it for like that. Some people are addicted to shopping, man. This time of year, yeah. it's hard on people because they're back to school and they said tax free, and they like to shop anyway. So. Hey, I'm going out anyway. And I'm gonna buy up as much stuff as I can, and I suffer the consequences later. And so that's what, I'm, that's mm-hmm. what we go back to talking about managing your time and your resources. That's what Dallas Life Foundation. Mm-hmm. That's what Dallas Life does. It helps our young men and women manage their resources and their time. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so that's something that we all need to be aware of, man. Just, uh, you know, and, and, you know, in and as you were talking about being addicted, man, imagine all of the lives and, and the havoc that's been brought about where people are not managing certain things. The chaos. You know, people have kids and, and grandkids, and they're not managing their, their affairs or their relationship with the grandkids, and it spills over to years and years, and now the kids are mad at the parents and the grandparents because they did not manage their time with them. They did not show them love and care. Only because they were addicted to other things. And they they didn't have that time for. 
that was a time, brother Daniel, when drug was running rampant, man. A lot of a lot of people lost their kids. A lot of mother's kids were taken from them because they wasn't taking care of the kids. A lot of fathers lost the rights to having a relationship with their kids because their living condition wasn't right and the way they were managing things wasn't right. But then when they were being restored and no longer doing those things, there's a big gap there. And you and you hurt it because it's hard to fill that gap because it was, people were injured on both sides. And mm-hmm. people say, oh, man, I, I, my kids don't love me no more. And I, I ain't going to never forgive Papa for not coming around and forgive Daddy for not being at my games and my uh, re- music recitals and things of that nature. And here I am, 20 mm-hmm. years old. I ain't played the instrument in 10 years, but I'm mad because they didn't show up. I could have been a musician. I could have been somebody because yeah. of, uh, you know, because of the addiction that my parents, and that caused me to be having an addiction. I have an addiction mm-hmm. of hate. I'm addicted to hate. You know, hate could be an addiction too. Some mm-hmm. people just want to hate somebody. <laughs> they mad at somebody. They always angry, you know. <laughs> And they don't know why. Maybe that's an addiction. I've mean, always been angry, and I'm going to always be angry. Maybe that's an addiction. That's a sinful yeah. addiction. Well, you know, uh, you, if, you, if you look at it, uh, I mean, we're having a lot of things that happen today in our country. Uh, our, our president came on TV, and he said all oh, these people are killing each other. They got mental illness. Uh, most of everything you see nowadays is addicted to many illness, but basically, if you look at it, there's a there's a there's a uh, a, a, a spirit being that gets inside a, a human being and makes him do things. Basically, he if he was really in his right mind, he normally wouldn't have done. You know, so the spirit. It controls anybody it wants to get into. If you, if you basically, they used to say, if you were weak, you know, if you weak, your flesh is weak. We are all human, and the spirit gets inside of us and tries to control you to do things that basically he wants you to do because he wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy you and this country and mankind. I'm a, I'm calling name. You know who we're talking about? It's Satan. Satan wants to destroy. That's his job: killing and destroying. He's going to destroy okay. everything. You know. And so, until you really state the problem, there's going to be no cure or re- resolvement. You know, if you don't state the problem without sugarcoating stuff, you know. And the problem is that our country is caught up in a battle of being out of order. You understand what I'm saying? You cannot have things that go along around if everything basically is out of order. The out of order things come because we got everybody around here doing their own thing. Some people hear to the voice of God. Some people don't want to hear the voice of God. Some legal system that you were to state that basically America was based on religious freedom. You know what I'm saying? That was one reason why the pilgrims came from England and all that because they wanted to worship God in their own way. 
but I had some reading one time because they said that the pilgrims really were troublemakers in England. You know what I'm saying? And what happened, the the people, the church people over in England kind of had a meeting, and they told them what they're going to get all the troublemakers. You know, back in those days, man, you had this different kind of uh, Lutherism and Catholicism and, and all this stuff was, was going around, in the, and they were just battling, battling it out, battling out, fighting, falling out, closing up churches. So the people over there told them, if you don't want to go, well, we're just going to pack them off and get rid of them, you know? So what happened? They came to America and started out their own little colonies and, you know, and everything. And then they teamed up and got with the Indians. And you know the rest of the story, you know. And and ever since then, it's been this love-hate thing between people that's in office or people that's over you. They they love you, but at the same time, they hate you. They think they're more supreme than you are. I'll put it like that. And so the same pattern has go, been going on for about three or 400 years in America. You know, uh, it, 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 it there seems to be, it needs to be a way that we can basically, we can all come together and love each other. And do what Jesus told us to do. Love your neighbor, treat him right, respect him. We all in this country for us to live together. But eventually, if you look in the scripture, it's not going to work out because America is going to downfall. And I'm stating this, Brother Lewis. You know, you know, I, I've done some extensive study between the, the, the books and the Bible and some uh, prophecies that has been stated. Uh, if you look at all your important governments, all your civilizations, they don't seem to last no longer about 200 or 250 years. Or, and after that, they have a dissolve and they have some kind of rebellion, uh, some kind of civil war goes on in there and the and the government also seems to topple, topple. You know what I'm saying? And another government, former government, comes up out of that. We are headed in something in America that's going to happen. And, you know, I don't know how long it's going to take or when it's going to be here, but we are heading in some perilous time, brother Lewis. You know, and that's just my uh, scholastically opinion. And my spiritual opinion that I'm saying, right? You know, some people can believe me or they don't have to believe. You know what I'm saying? I'm listening to what you say Dave. about it, brother. Yeah. You know? And we know that these are dangerous times. And you you hit on some key points there about the history of the world and society. Most governments only last a couple of hundred years, and then there's a collapse and a new regime comes in. And, and we know that the religious battles have been waged ever since the beginning of time, you know. Satan wants to, he wants to control this world, and but there's a greater world to, and that's uh, less uh, less available. And so we have to have our faith in the true and living God. And all these other things will pass away. 
Okay, so you know, but God still reigns, and we are, you know, and you said some things that need to be brought forth. We don't have to be fearful of those things, but we need to be aware. You know, I ain't got to be fearful. They can do a construction outside. I got oh, I'm gonna turn my car, and I need to be aware of a different route. And if you brought those things forth, we know that these things are, 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 are signs of things to come. So we need to take a different route. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm you know what I'm saying? God don't give you Because we have GPS system. And yeah. you know that GPS knows where you are. It knows where you want to go when you put in the right coordinate. But along that journey, there's some obstacles. There's some detours. There's some forks in the road. And you have to look, uh, and you have to be able to follow the direction of the GPS system. And to me, that's that God's global positioning satellite. For he's a spirit. And we got to worship him in spirit and truth. That God positioning spirit. You know, to me, and so we have to follow him in spirit and in truth. And Deuteronomy 28 says, "If you hear my voice today, it's hard not your heart. I bless you going out. I bless you coming in. I bless the thing that you put to your hands to do. I bless you in the marketplace. I bless you on the job. And that's oh, so many things that's available for us. You know, mm-hmm. but we got to hear his voice. And I want to thank you for bringing that up, brother Daniel." You know, because we have to realize, man, that these are changing. So, I mean, we all have to get out there and vote, man. Because if you don't vote, man, you you know, you can sit around and complain about things. But well, we need to get out there and cast our vote. And we realize that, that that's more to it than voting. We realize that uh, there's other powers that be. But we have to at least make our voices known. Because taking matters into our own hand the way some people have decided to do, man, it's nothing but chaos and calamity is going to come out of that. You know they have these right to carry, but is it a right to yeah. carry a gun and a uh, and like use that gun in public? That's what that's the biggest problem is going on. You know, like uh, the founding fathers wrote in the Constitution that every man has a right to bear arms. So we're saying that's your constitutional right for you to own a gun. So we have some people in America that have guns. Some people have one gun. Some people are gun collectors. They have many guns. You know, some people have guns. They're not really trained to use the guns. You can go to a school and they'll train you how to load and clip and shoot. You know? Then you got some people get guns and they're not really mental, mental stable in order to have a gun. But these, you know, whoever sells them guns, they get the guns. Yeah. And, you yeah, know, some people are unbalanced. Some people have anger issues. Yeah. Some people Somebody just don't know how to me, manage man, got a place right now. Somebody told me, you know, they got a place right now. You can go and get any gun you want. You can get your gun. You know? And so we got... Uh, the, the the good way and the bad way, you know, and all of us basically is working almost against each other because we have a problem that every almost every six weeks, I'm saying it's almost every six weeks, every six or three months, we have somebody that comes out of nowhere and want his one minute. I call it about fifteen minutes of fame. You know, 15 minutes of fame, because I, I had seen, uh, I had to go to school uh, when I wanted to get my license to be a, uh, uh officer, 
security guard. And they told us the average shooter, active shooter, he has 15 minutes. You know what I'm saying? From the time yep. he first sighted and the first until the time that they catch up with him. He has 15 minutes in order to do what he's doing. And so you can say, man, in 15 minutes, you I bet those people do a lot of damage, Brother Lewis. And if you see, most of all of the ones that they mostly catch, sometimes they shoot them, sometimes they let them live. So how many have you seen in the last three months they let live? Uh, yeah. I, I know what you mean, though, Brother Daniel. Yeah. So, you know, we ain't, we even have to go to training by telling you how you know, if you ever, you know, inside a building, if you ever heard something like that going on, the most safest thing is you could do is get you inside a room, lock the room, and lay down in the ground and hide. <laughs> you know, that's about the safest thing you can do because most of the time if you see a person that come in like that, the most thing most people want to do is run. But those yeah. things about those rapid repeat rifles, you almost they shoot thirty or forty rounds in, you know, in a minute, and most of the times you cannot hide. They gonna get you. So you know it, it's it's kind of a complex thing. I can't even understand why nobody want a gun to shoot that many times anyway. What person in, in that would sell a person a gun that basically that assault rifle has one perfect use? It is made to kill a lot of people. A lot of animals or what you know, we know long time ago we used to use guns just for hunting. And that's basically what your gun used was for hunting. You got some guns like that mostly shoot for wartime purpose. You know? But a gun yeah, that so. shoot that many times, the only purpose for that gun is to kill quickly and in numbers. You know. And that's the only thing you would see that person would want a assault rifle, you know. So, you know, we leave it at that, Reverend Lewis. You know, it's a pitiful thing what happened. And when basically my heart goes out for those people that have power. So, and I really, I'm really sad to hear something like that. This guy right here, he lived down the highway from us, down there from this little town in Allen, Texas. And you just understand how blessed. We were in Dallas that he didn't choose to come around one of these Walmarts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 And, and, and not only him, but other like-minded individuals like that. Because yeah. They have Walmart what we call copycats. Copycat kids. Yeah. You know, at this time of year here, when people are going back to school shopping, man, any of these places, uh, yeah, open, man, they yeah. call a, 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 they call a, a what, uh, Low of, uh, I'm sorry about the name. I can't recall the name right there. But these places here are, uh, are crowded by people that are, you know, are occupied by people that. And you know, the day is, the day is They don't tax. have no security. The day, is, yeah. the day is tax uh, all uh, weekend, I think. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is, brother Dane. We got to get yeah. on out of here, brother. We want to thank you for being a, a part of the program as always. Thank you, thank you. We want to thank uh, Nurse Norris with Positive Breathing. Dot org for him uh, for him coming on here and sharing uh, his upcoming event in August uh, the 27th at the State Fair. That's a two-day event, and also they're hosting something over. They're part of another program over at the uh, Concord 
church, Baptist church. And so we ask you to make your way over there. You can go to positivebreathing.org website and see uh, some information. They have a contact number and that you can reach out to them and uh, share some things concerning a young person in your household, a relative that may be suffering from the asthmatic effects. So please take note of that there and thank you. Uh, again, this is uh, Free on the Inside on Blog Talk Radio. Your host, Melissa Joy Lewis, co-host Richard Daniel. And this is the day that the Lord had made. So we ask you to continue to go forward, continue to be an encourager one to another. And we're looking forward to being with you all next week, if Lord permitted. In the name of Jesus, gracious Heavenly Father, thank you, dear Lord. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for another day that wasn't profitable. Dear Lord, we thank you for our guest that came on, dear Lord. Nurse Norton, dear Lord, with positive breathing, dear Lord. How he was so impacted and informative, dear Lord, about things that we should be aware of, dear Lord. But we know that you're that ultimate doctor, dear Lord. You're that physician, dear Lord, that never lost a case. Lord, but we want to thank you for men and women, dear Lord, that you have anointed for such a time. Is this, dear Lord, to, uh, for you to be in their hands, dear Lord, for you to be in their feet, dear Lord, but for you, dear Lord, working through programs like this. Dear Lord, we want to be mindful, dear Lord, that we didn't do any of this on our own. We want to be mindful that it should cost you to allow us to be here today. We ask you to continue to bless Brother Daniel with the things that he desires to do today, dear Lord, anoint his hands, dear Lord. Or guard his heart, dear Lord. Put a hedge of protection around him and his family, dear Lord. Let him be the man in which you want him to be at such a time, dear Lord. We thank you for our listening audience, dear Lord. We ask you to continue to bless them, continue to encourage them. Continue to let them know, dear Lord, that there is purpose to life, dear Lord. Let them follow your plan that you have set for them. Let them be uh, hooked up to your GPS system, dear Lord, and you order your, their steps. Because the steps of a good person is ordered by the Lord, dear Lord. Thank you. Dear Lord, continue to bless those that you see fit in the name of Jesus, dear Lord. Mm-hmm. And tell them again. We pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Amen. And top of the morning to you. Be free on the inside. See you next week. Mr. Joel Lewis. God bless you. Thank you for listening in.